What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Your boy is back from vacation. We got a full show for you today. I want to talk about what the Blazers did to close out free agency. What's next for them in free agency? And then look ahead to Summer League. They opened their Summer League schedule Sunday against the Charlotte Hornets. We'll talk about what, if anything, we saw and kind of a how to watch Summer League. Maybe just a tutorial on the best way to take in the summer exhibition in Las Vegas. So that's what we'll do to close out the show. But first, let's talk a little bit more about free agency. Last time I spoke to you, the Blazers had re-signed Norman Powell to a five-year, $90 million contract to keep that good good but maybe flawed starting lineup intact, locking up Norman Powell to a long-term contract. They'd added backup big man Cody Zeller on a minimum deal and reserve guard shooter, veteran shooter Ben McLemore on a minimum deal, but they've made one more move. And don't worry, it it wasn't particularly shiny. They added veteran 3 and D wing Tony Snell. Get excited. 6'6", spot-up shooter who's played eight seasons in the league, was also part of the 2013 draft class, along with Cody Zeller and Ben McLemore and CJ McCollum and other notable names that you may recall, like Giannis Antetokounmpo and Rudy Gobert. The Blazers fully invested in the 2013 NBA draft. The 20th pick in that draft, Tony Snell, who's bounced around a little bit and spent last season with the Atlanta Hawks, where he averaged 5.3 points and 21.1 minutes per game. Appeared in 47 of their 72 games, including 23 starts. He's a shooter. Dude can shoot. Shot an absolutely absurd 56% from three, almost 57% from three on 109 attempts. Super low volume, but an absolute knockdown shooter. I mean, you make nearly 60% of your threes. That's a real, that's a bona fide NBA skill, but super low volume. Uh, you'd think at some point, if he just took like a regular volume of threes or played more often, it would have... Uh, pushed back down towards his career average, which is very good in eight seasons. Snell is a 39.7% three-point shooter. Like he's an above average shooter and and pretty much since his rookie season always has been. I'm not 100% sure Snell plays every single night for the the Blazers. Like I I think he offers some real skills. He's super long, like he's got super, super long arms and he's like a pretty competent, competitive defender and he can really shoot it. But he doesn't do much else like... He's a standstill standstill shooter. He's pretty much a catch-and-shoot-only guy. Uh, 98.4% of his three-pointers last year were assisted. Uh, he's... He's a he, you know he's a guy you park in the corners. He's a career forty one point six percent three point shooter from the corners, but he's not going to do a ton off the bounce. Um, he doesn't you know he doesn't offer much there. And defensively, while he's like you could put him on pretty good wings, like you could put he's just not a lockdown guy. If he was, he wouldn't be a minimum guy. And like to wit, in the playoffs at the most important part of the of the year, Snell just didn't play that much for the Hawks. And that was the Hawks, mind you, that were missing DeAndre Hunter and missing Cam Reddish. Like they just went if they wanted a veteran wing off the bench they went with Solomon Hill like that was the guy they trusted uh it was not you know you're picking between two relatively similar like overall skill sets and relatively similar sizes in Solomon Hill and Tony Snell and and the Hawks consistently went with with solo in those minutes Uh, or and and, you know he wasn't going to get minutes over Kevin Herter and and even when they were um you know missing forwards missing defenders on the wing Snell, Snell was not the guy they called on 
So he's, I'm not, I'm just not 100% sure he plays every single night for the Blazers. I think he'll be billed as that, and I think he'll get a, a big, you know, big chance to earn it early because uh, he's probably like in theory a better fit than what uh, Derek Jones Jr. offers you. But I, he's just if he was a lockdown defender, if he was this like really high level defender, he wouldn't he, he wouldn't be in this position. Uh, he's not a he's not like Tony Snell at the minimum is not a big is not a bad thing. Like I think Tony Snell and Tyler Zeller at the minimum, excuse me, Cody Zeller, it's my Tar Heel bias coming in. Tyler Zeller not in the league. Cody Zeller like totally legitimate NBA player. But I think like Cody Zeller and and Tony Snell at the minimums are good good signings, right? Like those are good value signings. Those are for minimum guys. Those are guys who probably can contribute on good teams. And if you pay them the uh, the league minimum to be contributors on a, on what figures to be like a playoff type team, that's that's pretty good. Like they, the Blazers did well. It's just, they haven't set the world on fire. In fact, they now are up to 13 guys. And according to Jason Quick's reporting in the athletic this week, the Blazers are unlikely to fill out that 15th roster spot. So with 13 guys, here's where the Blazers roster stands. We've got Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic. That starting lineup is intact. It's not going anywhere. Don't overthink it. More on that. Not going anywhere in a second. Off the bench, you've got some sort of combination. I guarantee Cody Zeller plays a bunch of minutes every single night. Uh, you would assume that Nazir Little and Amphrey Simons uh, factor into the playing, the, or at least the early eight, eight or nine-man rotation. And then it's a choice between Derek Jones Jr. and Tony Snell for that sort of ninth spot. Then behind them, you've got Ben McLemore. I'm not sure where Ben McLemore fits. I can't imagine him playing unless things go wrong. Uh, he's... He's not as good a shooter as Anthony Simons, and uh, he's not enough of a plus at other spots to say you definitely want him there ahead of Ant. He's a vet and and maybe a little more physical than Ant is at this stage, but I'm playing Ant something like 80 out of 82 times if, if the choice comes up. At the end of the bench, you've got the young guys, C.J. Ellaby and Greg Brown. Uh, I think it would be wrong to expect either of those two gentlemen to be NBA contributors this season. Uh, you know, Ellaby is in the Blazers incubator in year three. You expect him to be, you know, have come hatched, fully formed as an NBA player as they've done pretty well with second round picks. But I think there's, uh, I think it'd be too soon to think that he's going to be a big time NBA contributor, or even just a small time NBA contributor in year, in year two. And, you know, Greg Brown is the 43rd a pick in in the draft this year he's if, if he is a contributor boy howdy did the Blazers get a steal but I think it's I think that's overall unlikely when you look at this roster though it's pretty clear that they're not finished not only do they have two roster spots remaining 14 and 15 uh I quick is right like we have to, the man knows uh, I'm sure they're only going to carry 14 I have my own problems with that but once we finalize the roster I will be more specific about uh how I feel about maintaining flexibility. That's the F word for you. But the Blazers have three dudes on this roster that are taller than six foot eight. And one of them is 43rd overall pick in the NBA draft, Greg Brown. They don't have enough tall people on the roster, y'all. I view Robert Covington as a four. Uh, you can play him at the three, but it gets complicated because it, it it in some ways limits what he can do as a help defender. Uh, I think we maybe get caught up on too many positions, but it matters who. if a traditional four plays next to Robert Covington, it, I feel like it does limit what his defensive ability is. To me, he's a really, really good four, and yeah, that's fine. Like he's he would play on he would play on all of the good teams as one of the elite help defenders in the league. So I I think the Blazers need a th another three, and I think they need another four. Um, just two centers on the roster in, in Nurk and Zeller, but if you add uh, just a true five with that. Um, 
14th roster spot, you really don't have anyone to play much power forward. We've we've seen this story before. Um, it's it, it doesn't work out great. You could say that Nazir Little and Derek Jones Jr. and Tony Snell could all play small ball four, and I think you're correct, but the Blazers could use some depth at that spot and some versatility. If they could find someone who is like a four and maybe could slide up to play a little bit of five, I think that would be ideal for that 14th roster spot. But so far in free agency, it's been Cody Zeller, Ben McLemore, and Tony Snell. And you might be asking, yo, what? <laughs> and yo, what is a fair question because like something's there is, there has to be a next step, uh, whether it's a trade or, um, or they're, certainly they're going to sign one more person. They haven't used uh, their traded or their taxpayer mid-level exception. They, they have money to, to spend the, the free agent market is thin, but they have money to spend. Something has to happen next. So, Let's talk about what that something might be in the second segment. But first, let's talk about Stat Hero. If you play daily fantasy sports, you know the drill. You lose. That's what happens. In fact, 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. So, introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. So you're in total control. Stat Hero is the DFS, is DFS the way it's meant to be played. One on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. To do that, you go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on. All right. So we talked about the Blazers' addition of Tony Snell and what the roster looks like to this point, and it leaves us with the burning question. What's next? They they can't be done. This can't be it. It can't be it, first of all, because they just need more players to complete a roster. Also, just, you don't, the Blazers have signed three guys to minimum contracts. That means still sitting out there, they have one tool remaining to sign players. They don't have cap space. Uh, I think we've covered that, but I'll just say it up, up front here again. They don't have cap space. They don't have any other tools. Their best way to get better is trades. We'll talk about that in a moment. But they have one other way to sign someone to a non-minimum deal, and that is the $5.9 million taxpayer mid-level exception. What that means is that they can sign a player to a multi-year contract up to four years with a starting salary of $5.9 million and then raises above that so they could sign someone to like a 25 mil four for 25 million they're not going to do that but like that's that's the that is a max sort of large vehicle they have to do so like i said jason quick reports of the athletic the blazers are very likely to only carry 14 players in the next season so they're really looking at one more signing like i said in the first segment as well is that the the most sort of obvious signing the obvious move for the blazers is that they will just sign a, a four who can also play the five that's what this roster needs they need needs a little bit of size needs a little bit of depth at the four and the five positions they're really kind of loose on the wing with with like dudes who you would say are like nba wings but um they they have there's also a minutes crunch there like if they're going to play nas and and ants off the bench and they're going to play nas a bunch at the three which is I think totally fine. Um, there's, 
it gets a little bit dicey to find another three. And then you're, then you're playing a bunch of undersized lineups. And then what do you, you know, what do you do with Snell and Derek Jones Jr.? Both of which are probably not suited to play a ton of power forward. Both can totally play that spot and it's fine. But uh, Derek Jones Jr., we saw him last year. He's just, um, strength is a big issue for his game. Like he's just, he's just not strong enough to hang against like true physical wings and true physical fours. And Snell, while he can play a ton of four and I think that's fine. Like it's, I don't think it's an issue. He's just, he's not an elite rebounder. He's long enough to do it and and strong enough to be okay at it, but you're still going to be undersized. I think a four, a a three doesn't make as much sense, even if they, they have, they clearly have some options there with with how much norm is going to play and Nas and ant and uh and Derek jones and and tony snells i just said so it's a four five and the obvious name out there that still hasn't signed that even even has been linked to the blazers paul Millsap. uh they famously offered like pre olshay famously offered him a, a contract and restricted free agency that the jazz matched and he's since left utah signed with the hawks signed with denver re- <laughs> you know, re-upped his player option to remain in Denver. And now he hits free agency and he's, he's like clearly the best name out there. There's some other names, Jared Vanderbilt, but he doesn't do it for me. DeMarcus Cousins, but I don't think you want another true five. Um, at, at, if you were getting 15 guys, DeMarcus Cousins, totally legit. But if you're just going 14, I really think you need a four five and Millsap fits that. Like he's the one, he's the name. He's give that dude a $6 million a year contract and hope, hope it works out. Like that's, that's your best case scenario, right? Uh, the, regardless of what the Blazers do, like if it's Paul Millsap or, or if it's something else, uh, the, this is a this is sort of a, a small potatoes offseason and it was kind of what we predicted going in is that you don't have cap space you don't have a direction towards cap space the big move that you're going to make is re-sign Norman Powell they did check that box then you're making minor moves around that and the way that you would like improve this team the way that this team can like make a big a big improvement is, is for trades but it sounds like from from a variety of reports uh in, including Jason Quick of the Athletic and Mark Stein um of of Substack, Mark Stein is independent reporting, longtime NBA journalist. Mark Stein has gone independent. Like, seems like the Blazers are, um, you know, not not sort of openly shopping for the big fish. And I think that this makes sense. Like, I prior to the to uh, the offseason really getting going, I recorded an episode kind of detailing what uh, possible CJ McCollum trades would look like. And in that episode, you can look for it in your feed, still totally relevant. Although I was, <laughs> at the time, the Bucks were down 0-2 to the, to the Nets, and I thought the Blazers might be able to trade for Chris Middleton. And boy, has that changed. But other than my Middleton optimism, uh, you know, the, the sort of parameters of that, of the CJ McCollum trade challenges still are still there. He's pretty good but he's really highly paid and the Blazers not only need back, so they need to match the money, $30 million and a team needs to be willing to pay CJ McCollum a hundred million dollars over the next three seasons, like 30, 30 plus a piece over the next three years. Uh, and they need to give the Blazers back someone that can help right away. Like the Blazers don't need draft picks. They don't need young, a young project. They need like a guy who can play three or four who can help right now. Like that's, it's, it's just tough parameters. Trading CJ is going to be a challenge. And according to uh, reporting from Jason Quick most recently, that it seems like the Blazers maybe have stopped shopping McCollum because they've found exactly that. Like when we did the exercise in that episode I recorded, I kind of went through every team in the league asking my fellow co-hosts at, at Locked On Blazers or Locked On Podcast Network, like teams who cover all the other, te- or hosts who cover all the other teams in the league, like what is the best player you'd trade for CJ McCollum? And there was no sort of like shiny something. It was like, 
you know, the best players we're talking are like Kristaps Porzingis and Harrison Barnes. And I don't think trading for someone of that level puts the Blazers closer to a championship. It definitely changes up the roster and you can be in favor of just change, change for change shake. But I don't think it gets the Blazers like closer to their to the sort of stated goal. And I think that's what they're up against. And that's why it seems very likely that they just run this thing back. They sign someone with the with the taxpayer mid-level exception and they run this thing back. Here's the problem. Damian Lillard gave them a mandate that doing the same thing probably wouldn't be good enough. Maintaining the status quo probably wouldn't wouldn't sort of fit his vision of let's go for it and try to win a title. Sorry, but Tony Snell, Tony Snell and Cody Zeller is not going for it. Signing Paul Millsap at his at his age is not this is not that's not a go for it move. Re-upping Norman Powell is is probably good business. Um, you know, if you're trading Gary Trent Jr., you want to, you want to get something for it. Uh, but the roster just isn't quite there yet. And in fact, at uh, prior to the gold medal game uh, in in Tokyo this week, Damian Lillard was asked specifically about what he sort of views the Blazers offseason. I think his response was very telling. And I'm going to let uh, the letter O spell out what he thinks of the Blazers offseason thus far. I wanted to take your temperature sort of on the uh, what's going on with the Portland Trailblazers in the offseason. Um, adding Chauncey Phillips as the coach and adding Cody Zeller and Tony Snell, Michael Beasley, Kenneth Farid, and Emmanuel Moutier are on the, the summer league team. And Norman Powell was resigned, but Enos Cantor and Carmelo Anthony have left. What's kind of your, your level of satisfaction with what the Blazers have done in the offseason thus far? Um, I mean, I, honestly, I haven't really dove too deep into it. Um, you know, I've just been focusing on here. You know, it's a it's a lot of things that are out of my control. Um, you know, when you go into free agency and things like this, you never know what's going to happen. You never know uh, where guys are going to end up and why they why they go there. You just try to you know have conversations and uh, convince guys to you know be a part of our team. And obviously, you know this this go round we didn't. You know, we wasn't able to go out there and just get, you know, some of the guys that um, we would have liked. And, you know, you go down the list and you go go through the guys that, that you like that are out there that haven't committed to another team or that was a part of your, your plans in free agency. And you get the ones that, uh, you know, that want to be a part of what you're doing. And I think that's what we did. Respect to Amy Lord for the honesty. <laughs> Uh, not a super ringing endorsement for the uh, summer of Snell and Zeller uh, and Ben McLemore, but it's, it, I respect the Dame for keeping it real. Like this, these were not our first choices. These were not my first choices. And, and you know, there's all of this stuff is out of my control. All I can say is like, Hey, would you like to sign? And then guys make their own decisions. According to his reporting from Jason Quick, the athletic, some of those uh, sort of names that the Blazers were interested in that went elsewhere, Nick Batum, who chose to go back to the Clippers and Kelly Oubre, who signed two for 25 to join the Charlotte Hornets. The Blazers just didn't have that kind of money to offer Oubre. So, uh, you know, he's looking at probably a worse team, but Sorry, uh, making twice as much money is appealing to folks in their twenties. This is your you got to ma- at some point you got to maximize the bag, so you kind of understand the reasoning from from Ubre there for certain. So here are the Blazers. Uh, 
an honest but still kind of seemingly frustrated Damian Lord. I I can't say this enough. I respect that answer because he came out and said what he feels. I I I really really do respect that from Dame because he could have given some some cliched whatever, um, and instead he basically said these weren't my first choices, but you get what you get, and um, I I I can't do anything but respect it. But that doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like someone who's super super duper excited. So if you're kind of feeling bummed about the Blazers offseason thus far, just know that Damian Lamont and Ollie Lillard shares your frustration to date. But I kind of think this is where the Blazers are. Looking like they're going to run back that same starting five of last year that was pretty good. Uh, not good enough in the playoffs for sure, but hoping that they get some improved depth. Uh, I think Cody Zeller is an upgrade over Anna Cantor. He's not as good as he's not. He has no individual skill that's as good as Cantor is as an offensive rebounder. But if Zeller's healthy, obviously a huge if for his whole career, he can help. I, I like Cody Zeller. Um, I've If you listen to the last podcast, I, I kind of went I did a whole ten minutes on Zeller, so go back and listen to that one if you haven't for my in-depth thoughts on that. I think Tony Snell's good at the minimum and can help and is an okay option. Uh, I don't understand the Ben McLemore thing, but if you're adding to the end of the bench a veteran shooter and a guy who like when when things go wrong, you like look down the bench and find an NBA player. That good. That's Ben McLemore fits the bill there. That's that's totally fine. So I. I kind of think the Blazers have have built themselves uh, right back where they were last year. Something between the the maybe fifth and eighth team in the West, fifth and ninth best team in the West, with a ceiling of maybe finishing third if everything breaks their way and they get super health and they stay super healthy. Uh, but I don't think this is a championship level team, and I think that's the frustration from Damian Lillard is he wanted more. But we knew there were going to be challenges here, and the Blazers have come up against these challenges. Certainly, like trying to upgrade the roster. Uh, I joked about this in a conversation with Brandon Sprague on this, uh, this podcast. Is like when Neil Olshay said like running back the same roster was the best plan. Like he's right because like if you want to be this, like if you want to be a, a team that's like going to be in the playoff mix and it can can hope that to get lucky and et cetera, et cetera. Like this is it. Like I don't think the Blazers I think this is their best path to kind of like maintain that level of luck, et cetera, et cetera, whatever that looks like. But I don't I don't think this team got any closer to a championship yet. And I don't think signing Paul Millsap does anything. It doesn't it improves the bench for sure, but I don't know if it moves the needle at all. So that's where the Blazers land. They've retooled I don't know if they've like definitely upgraded but uh you know stepping away from Anis Cantor and, and Carmel Anthony gives you a different a different look off the bench and you can expect Nazir Little and Anthony Simons to get a little bit better like they've retooled a little bit and you can I think the idea that Chauncey Billups will be a more effective coach than Terry Stotts was seems um seems like a reasonable bet in year one for sure uh just because I don't think the team really bought into what uh Stotts was selling at the end of last season so yeah, I think there's reason to believe the Blazers could be a little bit better this season. But if you think if if this was the year, if this was the summer they were supposed to take big strides, uh, they've been stuck taking baby steps. But let's move off free agency in the offseason for a little bit and talk about summer league in the offseason. That's right. The Blazers opened their schedule, their summer league schedule with a win over the Charlotte Hornets Sunday in summer league. So let's talk about a little bit about summer league uh, to close the show. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. It's just the best tasting protein bar ever. That's what it is. Uh, I, I went on a little road trip. That's where I was last week. That's why we didn't have a ton of episodes last week because I was on a little road trip. You know what I brought with me? I brought a box of Built Bars. 
because I'm on the road. I want a little, I want something sweet, something to boost my blood sugar a little bit, but it still packs a punch. So I'm reaching for a built bar, which comes in a bunch of delicious flavors like cherry barcia and raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, a personal favorite of mine. But in addition to packing, you know, that little bit of sweetness, that that boosting your blood sugar a little bit, also 17 grams of protein and only 130 to 180 calories and no more than five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Olympics wrapped up this weekend, but that just means we're getting more stuff to bet on here at home. The WNBA season will return. The M- the MLB season, that's Major League Baseball, is in full swing. You can still bet on the moves of the NBA offseason. They got props on that at Bet Online. Anything you can imagine, you'll find it there. So don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On when you're making your first deposit, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. We talked about the Blazers offseason thus far, signing Tony Snell. And what's next for them? They've got the taxpayer mid-level exception. They've their avenue to get better is trades, but the the team might not just be interested in that, which presents its own set of problems. And we will see how that plays out, whether they're able to pull off a trade or whether the uh, the sort of the big problem that we're not going to address by name here comes to a head. But we're gonna we're staying away from that. We're staying, we're 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 going we're gonna avoid the big problem for today. Instead, we're gonna talk about summer league. The Blazers open their summer league schedule with a win over the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, this particular Blazers summer league roster is not not particularly useful for assessing what's next for the team. You know what the fun part about summer league? I I've loved summer league. I've been, I've been a handful of times. Uh, I used to go for a whole week when I worked to, uh, on the beat, and it was um, too long to be in Vegas. But like I love bad basketball. I love watching young guys learn. I love like the fun part about summer league is you can get close enough to like really see coaches coach um, and 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 like how uh, NBA development works, and that that's always really fascinating to me. But the curious part about the Blazers summer league team is like uh, development is may- maybe secondary to what they've got going on. In fact, in today's game, Michael Beasley, Kenneth Free, two 30-year-olds, and uh, Emmanuel Moutier, who is amazingly only 26 years old. I have no idea how that happens. Uh, but, you know, NBA vets started, started for this team, uh, along with free agent forward George King, uh, a, a 28-year-old uh, free agent like that those are those are not young folks the Blazers did start CJ Ellaby he got to play uh, a little bit of off guard and got to run a little bit of the offense but in general this was not this is not going to be a particularly enlightening summer league uh Greg Brown the Blazers second round pick played a little bit uh we'll see Trenton Watford play a little bit the Blazers two-way uh two-way signee so maybe we'll get to see a little bit of them but sort of like what you want to see what and and uh, are moments from guys who are going to be maybe like fighting for a rotational spot, like have what they've added to their game, or maybe if they're in summer league where they're tasked to do a little bit more, give put a little more on their plate. What do they do with a little bit more on their plate? Like I think that's the interesting part of summer league, and we're just not going to see that from the Blazers. Nazir Little is, was on the Blazers summer league roster, but has since dropped off. The Blazers decided uh, this again, according to Jason Quick of the Athletic. We're gonna have to get Jason on the show next week. It's been too long. Uh, our schedules didn't didn't 
weren't aligning over the last month or so. But uh, I think I think we're, we'll have to get Jason back because he's got the goods. Uh, friend of the pro, friend of the program. We'll bring him back on shortly. But according to Jason Quick of the Athletic, Nazir Little basically the the. Blazers decided that they there was no reason for Nas to play. Like they'd seen enough from him. They he wasn't gonna whatever they were trying to get out from him. Summer league they'd already seen. He's making strides in the gym. He's known to be like a really hard worker. Uh, for me, like I could see just there's value of giving him reps, but there's also just value of like go go get your work in. You know, like go work go work on your skill stuff, and you'll get um, if you need to get like some some five on five action and find it somewhere else other than summer league. Uh, because the Blazers don't you know they're just it's. That's not what they're doing in summer league. Uh, I will say that in the past, uh, third year guys like Alan Crabb, the Blazers kind of had to beg Crabb, convince him to come to summer league, and he did. And he played the first couple games, and they sat him out. And then they really had to beg Jake Lehman in, in year three. He didn't want to go because he'd already been twice. Uh, you know, same deal with Nas. It's like guys after two years, they're just like, I'm, you know, I'm an NBA player. I don't want to do this. Uh, the Blazers like kind of convinced Lehman to do it, and he ended up becoming like a, rot- a valuable rotational piece, and arguably could have started most of that year. Crab had a breakout year in year three. I don't. I'm not saying it's because of summer league, but it's like it didn't. It wasn't a detriment to play a couple games in summer league. Uh, Layman was never the best player on the floor in summer league. He never kind of took that mantle. Turned out to be a totally decent rotational NBA player, and it still has a career, etc. Crab was the best player in summer league. I would have liked to see Nas because I'd like to go ahead and see him be the best player in summer league. I'd like to see him dominate at this level. I'm curious to see it. The Blazers coaching staff has seen enough. Uh, my curiosity apparently doesn't rank high enough, but I'd love to see him play because I just don't think we've seen enough of Nas um, get, you know, real game reps. I think there's a ton of intrigue about what he can bring, and I think we have a general idea of of the athleticism and the burst and the, the improved shooting and the defensive potential and all that stuff. But, like, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it in Vegas, so we're not going to see it. Uh, we are going to see looks like a ton of vets. Um, add in Antonio Blakeney, <laughs> a former Bull, uh, like, guy who's played in the league, too, who's coming off the Blazers bench at Summer League. Like, it's just a bunch of vets. Uh, there had been some speculation. Uh, I, I think it was, I first saw it from Casey Holdall, who works for the team for Trailblazers.com, uh, speculating that potentially Michael Beasley, Kenneth Freed, and Emmanuel Moutier, all guys who've played in the league, uh, could be competing for a Blazers roster spot. Uh, and while I'm, like, reasonable speculation that to me my read on that is that is very 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 unlikely and what these guys are doing in summer league is the Blazers are doing their agents a favor by letting them play uh if the Blazers are only going to play only going to bring 14 guys with them into the regular season there's like a zero percent chance the 14th guy is Michael Beasley or Kenneth freaking Fareed uh dudes who weren't in the league last year um it would be really wild if it's Emmanuel Moutier because the Blazers already have so many guards, uh, but you don't put it past him. Uh, but if they're only going to bring 14, it seems like I'll put it at 0% chance. If they if they do end up weirdly taking 15, I still think it's really unlikely that one of those dudes, like, it's just... It, you would with the fifteenth roster spot. Why? Why Michael Beasley? Like I, I don't, I don't quite. To me, it doesn't um, pencil out. Like it's. I think you'd want an upside guy. I think you'd want a third center. I think you'd want another like a true point guard. Like I don't think those guys don't seem to fit the bill to me. I think that's. Um, I've seen speculation. Not just Casey. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. I've seen a lot of people sort of bring that logic here. I. That's not what I read this roster construction as. I read it as the Blazers didn't have a bunch of draft picks. They just don't have young guys who are in this. So they're doing agents around the league a favor. Hey, we'll give your guy a bunch of burn and let him play a bunch of basketball and let him get seen. The whole league is here for for 10 days and and we'll uh you know, we're going to roll the ball out and let Michael Beasley go score and prove he can still do it at a relatively high level. 
So I don't really know what to make of the Blazers summer league. Like I'm not going to read you the box score. Um, I don't. I don't think the numbers are. Um, are particularly valuable the Blazers won if you're into that um and I guess if they if they get in the playoffs maybe we'll get excited about the Blazers you know if they advance in the in the summer league tournament we'll get excited about the Blazers chasing another summer league trophy legends legends of Las Vegas but it's it's mostly meaningless and like the fun part about summer league is watching say like hey Jake Lehman run like 10 pick and rolls today because like you're just gonna have more on your plate or that's what I want to see Nazir Little do you know or something like that so I'll be curious to see what what CJ Ellaby does with a little more on his plate I'll be curious to see what Greg Brown does a little bit. Um, Greg Brown looks like an athletic dude who's um, d- didn't quite know where to, where to fit in on summer league, but summer league's a little bit chaotic. Um, it's you know it's not a good time to even test a new coaching staff because like the offense is relatively vanilla, et cetera, like that. So I don't know what exactly we're going to get out of summer league. Um, you know this is this roster and 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 where the Blazers are at. Um, you know, they just, they haven't used, they haven't had draft picks in either of the last two drafts. Um, their most recent, you know, uh, draft pick is a second rounder. And the one before that, Nazir Little, they held out intentionally. Like this is just, this isn't the year where that summer league is going to be super meaningful. Not that it ever is, but sometimes it's really curious and entertaining. Uh, and that's not what we're going to get out of it. So I'll be watching CJ Ellaby closely. I'll watch, um, you know, I'll watch some Greg Brown stuff, but it's it's more it, we're not going to get a whole bunch of developmental hints because even if LB and Brown have good summers they're not going to play next year unless something goes wrong for the Blazers. In general the best way to watch summer league is to say this is not quite NBA basketball but this is NBA talent and what can what does this player that I'm evaluating do against NBA talent? Does he make good decisions? Is his processing speed fast like is he does he catch the ball and make a smart decision does he or is he making smart decisions on defense like it's 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 what do they do against NBA talent not so much what they do in scheme and whether the shots go in and all that stuff like I don't think I don't think it matters but it's really like does this person look out of place and does they and do can they make like decisions at this speed and be smart about it I think that's the best way to watch summer league so when I am watching LB and Brown their processing speed decision making is is going to be sort of uh, the big thing I watch for sort of how how close they are to being NBA contributors. All right, we're going to have a regular regular scheduled programming this week. We're going to have Mailbag Monday. It's a weekly mailbag show that I record on Mondays and post on Tuesdays. If you want to get involved in that, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter or send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Just shoot me a question either of those places and I'll do my best to get you in t- uh, tomorrow's show or, uh, or in a future show. We will have uh, we'll ha- we'll have shows the rest of the week, so look for them. We're not going anywhere. We still got uh, we'll, we're back to our daily schedule, uh, your only tra- daily Trailblazers podcast. So make sure you're checking us out. Um, tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.